Ladies and gentlemen, friends and neighbors, both and neither, what's going on? Sometimes some of you are both a friend and a neighbor and a neighbor. Some of you are neither my friend nor my neighbor. <laughs> but thank you for watching anyway. Enemies and strangers. <laughs> This is Pepper Coyote, and I am back talking nonsense for another uh, roughly an hour, hopefully less. I always say that, and I usually go more. So now I've cursed myself to two hours of speaking, right? I've been in China. I've been away for a bit. That's why we haven't had any shows for a little while. But hey, I am back. And my goodness, did the news not stop while I was gone. We got our opening story. Canada, uh, well, it's not that Canada, okay, Canada invited a Nazi to come and speak at their parliament, and then uh, all the ministers gave this this Nazi several rounds of applause, and you're like, Pepper, what do you mean Nazi? You just mean someone you disagree with? You just mean somebody who has fascistic aligned opinions, someone who's right wing? No, I mean a 90-plus-year-old uh, Nazi war veteran who served the in the the SS Waffen whatever division he like he happened to be Ukrainian which is why he was on the not it's not the house floor I'm thinking in American terms which is why he was brought to Canadian Parliament by Ukrainian President Zelensky but uh yeah he was a an SS a member of the SS which are Nazis and I, I like I'm overstating the thing where but it's like we've we really did reach a point where we kind of we watered down the word Nazi to mean people who say stupid things on the internet, and then when an actual, literal, followed and pledged his life to Hitler Nazi, fought in World War II, <laughs> Nazi, like N-A-Z-I, actual Nazi shows up, suddenly people are like, yeah, but like, is he really a Nazi? Like, he was just fighting for Ukrainian independence, just like they were fighting for German independence. <laughs> And Polish lack of independence and French lack of independence and, you know, uh, Jewish extermination and all the other things that they were fighting for. Surely this guy is okay, right? So I pulled up a, if it sounds like I'm simplifying, I'm not. That's just exactly what happened. You have uh, had ministers after the fact who I guess are so stupid that like they just didn't know who they were standing up and applauding for. Afterwards, making grand apologies, like, oh, I had no idea. Or, well, they can't really say I had no idea. So they have to do all these other weird, like, hand-wringing weirdness to try and explain away how they did, like, a thing that, you, even if, if you put this in a movie, like, it's like RoboCop. <laughs> it's like, there's no way that <laughs> that they actually did this. So I pulled up Yahoo News just because I thought this article would be funny. On Canada Project opinion is trudeau really to blame for the quote they put it in quotes nazi honor in canadian parliament you don't need the quotes that's just what happened guys like this is a couple weeks after so they're they're doing all the they're doing some spin here on canada project that's like the name of the the i guess people they're like who's the author here the author is on canada project so it's like no one will even put their name on this apparently it's just you know the canada project let's scroll to the bottom let's see if there are there any are there any authors listed story continues okay let's go yeah let's get there i'm ready baby yeah on Canada Project is a social advocacy group made up of neighborhood nerds who are here to dismantle the status quo and champion change in our lives. Like, more Nazis. That's the kind of change, I guess, like, no human would put their name on this, which is, like, I can't just call everything propaganda, but, whoa. You know, some nameless Canadians just wrote this opinion about how... All right, let's get into this. Wait, what's happening? During President Zelensky of Ukraine's visit, the House Commons recognized an actual worked-for-Hitler Nazi in Parliament on September 26th. 
Why? <laughs> State visits usually go this way. It's okay. He brought a Nazi, but it's just normal. It's, it's just fine when this happens. For example, when Trudeau goes to the USA, notable Canadians are invited to the White House. So they're saying that the only notable Ukrainian they could find is a literal Hitler Nazi. In a similar vein, when House Speaker Anthony Rota invited 98-year-old Nazi veteran Yaroslav Hunka... This World War II veteran, on the Nazi side, is a constituent of the former House Speaker, who is also an MP, and originated from Ukraine. In short, invitations like these just happen in politics. It's, it's worth pointing out that this Yaroslav Hunka, I'd never heard of this person, I wish I'd never had to learn about this Nazi, but there are many scholarships and awards that are in his name in Canada, and like no one cared up until now, so he kind of messed up his whole thing, didn't he? Like He could have just quietly have continued being a, a happy Nazi in Canada. Uh, you know, Operation Paperclip <laughs> brought over all these fucking Nazis. We make the jokes about, oh, the Nazis went to South America. Ah, a big chunk of them went and came and worked for the U.S. government in Canada. At least the upper rank ones. Like, the regular rank and file schmo soldiers mostly just got... You know, you know they, they got, like, just peacefully integrated into American society. <laughs> this is not a celebration of violence type program, but it seems like if you do a Holocaust, maybe you shouldn't be invited to come work for NASA. And you'll be like, well, Pepper, the Soviets also employed Nazi scientists. And it's like, yeah, and they put them to work, and they didn't give them mansions. They didn't put them in charge of politics. It was like, all right, you've done some horrible crimes, so now you basically got to sit in a jail but keep doing science. And we're going to use your science to get our own stuff going, which is different than, all right, you can go be a captain of industry. Enjoy your billions, Mr. Nazi. What happened after? Prime Minister Trudeau said he was deeply embarrassed, in quotes, by the invitation and apologized on Canada's behalf. He also reiterated that Anthony Rhoda was solely responsible for the invitation. So not Zelensky who brought him. Not... Like, the buck stops over there with with Anthony Rhoda because they had one guy who quit. He like resigned to be the fall guy for this whole situation. He's take, since taken sole responsibility for the incident and resigned from his position as House Speaker. A lot of House Speakers going down this month. House of Commons then elected Liberal MP Greg Fergus as the first black Canadian speaker. What a way to get your job. Like, oops, we all stood up and applauded a Nazi several times after they told us he was a Nazi. Oh, sorry, they said that he fought against the Russians in World War II, and just nobody put that together, I guess. <laughs> he worked in a camp in World War II in Poland. <laughs> like, oh, what a, what a brave uh, camp counselor. He must have taught canoeing. Like, But the issue of Nazi honor has by no means died down and is still being talked about worldwide. So now what? Political chaos. So let's bring a critical lens to all the noise about this. First, what exactly happened? Second, the critical lens. <laughs> All right. The actual indictment. Who is to blame? <laughs> it's like an, an infographic for some reason. And it's in like cute colored text instead of regular text. One, should a literal in italics Nazi veteran have been celebrated in the House of Commons? Of course not. The House Speaker's office should have done a better job of double checking. <laughs> so when they said out loud... Fought against the Russians in World War II. All these 60-year-old, 50-year-old MPs who are, like, supposed to be educated and know maybe a little bit more than just uh, me, like, a pothead podcaster with 50 listeners. Maybe they should know a little bit more and be held to a different kind of standard. Maybe, like, look at who you're... <laughs> the entire freaking uh, assemblies just standing up like seals just hurt, hurt, standing ovation like oh someone's standing up and clapping i better do it too i make laws that affect the lives of millions of people is trudeau to blame that's question two not technically but ultimately as prime minister and especially an and especially in an international situation, he does bear the responsibility to respond and deal with the political fallout, as it's a diplomatic issue. And he has apologized for the mistake and for its impact on the Jewish community and all Canadians. So are they going to get rid of all those scholarships and and other like programs that are named after and in the honor of Mr. Mr. Junta? <laughs> Yar, was it Yaroslav Junta? I'm just making up words now.
Yeah, Yaroslav Hunka, not Hunta, Hunka. The fallout, public opinion, because Canada does an awful job at preparing us to be engaged and informed about how our systems work. Ontario gets two months of civics in high school. No wonder we're so apathetic. Well, maybe they should give those civics lessons to the fucking members of parliament. They just want to shift this onto like regular people. Did we, I'm not Canadian, did regular Canadians bring this dude over? Did regular Canadians invite the president of Ukraine, who they assumed wouldn't bring a literal Nazi onto the floor to get several standing ovations? But you know who does know the difference, though? Question mark. Conservative party. Okay, I understand what they're going to go on. Conservative party leader, quote, global stu- superstar of the far right, and one of the top contenders for Canada's next prime minister, Pierre Poilevre. I think I said that right. All right, what are we doing here? They're trying to. Oh, they're they're saying that. Uh, they're they're saying that Alex Jones likes this guy and that makes him bad. And it's like, so did he invite the Nazi? Like, what's your point? And yet, Paul Avella is clinging to this moment as if just two years ago he wasn't. Yeah, it's the you did something worse, I guess. Standing with organizers of and participants of the Ottawa occupation. You remember when they brought trucks into Ottawa? It's almost like killing millions of Jewish people. It's almost as bad. And white supremacy beliefs were put on display under the guise of freedom. So he, this guy was in the same. I'm sorry, Alex Jones likes whoever this guy is. So the real guy to blame, I guess, is this random right-wing politician in in Canada. And look, we've already said Trudeau is ultimately responsible for dealing with the fallout, but we don't think you should pay attention to that because this other guy is approved of by Alex Jones, and being approved of by Alex Jones is the same as doing a Holocaust. <laughs> Worth noting, number one. Sure, go for it. Nazis aren't a historical problem. Okay, no. Let me read that. I was about to get real mad. Nazis aren't a historical problem. They are a present-day problem, as anti-Semitism existed long before and persists long after World War II. The House of Commons and our legacy media have spent so much airtime discussing this blunder and how, yes, this man was an actual Nazi, and that's unacceptable. But this guy had nice things said about him by Alex Jones, and clearly you can see who the real villain is. But none of the coverage or conversation on this includes the active and present threat of anti-Semitism, neo-Nazis, white supremacists, and other hate-based human rights groups thriving in Canada. Unlike progressives left, the organizers of these groups work together to spread disinformation. Turfs and incels are best. Are incels like an organized protest group at this point? Are besties against trans women? Which what? <laughs> Is that even a thing? Do the incels refuse to... They don't want to bang anyone. They're also picky now. That's the... (laughs) Which shows you how saying you're a feminist but not including trans women in your feminism isn't feminism because the company you keep are literal incels who are anti-women. Guys, I'm not even saying any of these points are wrong. I just think they're kind of irrelevant when we're talking about the Canadian Parliament bringing in an actual... I'm not even going to put it in quotes or italics. A Nazi... Uh, to be applauded in in government. It's also funny how this article puts no blame on the guy who brought him with him, uh, Zelensky. <laughs> like, Zelensky came over and said, hey, let's have this guy up. He's a veteran for, hey, he's from Ukraine. Uh, yeah, nobody's nobody cares about that because you couldn't possibly say anything bad about that guy. That would be horrible. That'd be almost as bad as if Alex Jones were to endorse you. The funniest thing that came out of this whole story is uh, enough media attention was brought to Mr. Uh, Hunka, Yaroslav Hunka, that Poland, the Polish government is like, hey, uh, extradite him. He did war crimes over here in Poland, and we want to talk to him about it. <laughs> Which I don't think Canada's going to do, but I might have some... Re- that would actually be a semi-respectful ending to that would be all right. We're going to uh, stop sending money to these uh, to current modern-day Nazis, and we're also going to send our old-school original Nazi, at least one of them, over to Poland to go have a trial. Woo! I'm sure it'll go awesome for him. He's fucking 98. He got to live his entire life. He did war crimes and just gets to, he just got to have a happy life, mostly in Canada, where they gave him awards and named scholarships after him and brought him in front of Parliament to give him several rounds of applause. So, like, it's not even justice. You can't even act like, oh, ha-ha, Poland's going to get him now 50 years after any of the shit he did. More like 70 years after, probably. He was probably in his 20s when he was fighting in that war on the side of Hitler as an SS person who, who wore the same patches 
that a lot of Ukrainians currently wear uh, in the military. And that's really what this is kind of all about. And now they have to try and do this whole scandal as if Zelensky has nothing to do with it. Why were they applauding a Nazi? Was it uh, in the middle of some like BS jerk off, we all love Ukraine ceremony they were doing? And then whoops, in our effort to do a Ukraine thing, we accidentally again for like the hundred thousandth time brought up some Nazis or brought on some Nazis or pictures of Nazis or in this case, an SS officer. Uh, I say officer, he might he might not have been, I don't know. Was the SS all officers? I don't even know enough history to get smart mad about this. I can only be dumb mad. That's all I got. Kevin McCarthy. Speaking of speakers of the house uh, being removed in far less disgrace. I mean, have your opinion of McCarthy. He didn't get booted for applauding a, a Nazi we brought in. Because uh, no one gets booted when we bring in Nazis and applaud them in America because we just say they aren't Nazis. That's why the Canada one was very interesting because, again, literal SS member. They, they, couldn't, they couldn't do the like, oh, no, he's, he's actually not. They couldn't do that. People would not accept that this time. Kevin McCarthy considers resigning from the House before the end of his term. If you haven't heard, uh, the Speaker of the House has been voted out. The Republican Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, you heard about this a while ago when him getting the speakership in the first place, went through several rounds of voting. And uh, it was like eight... The they, they they call it the Freedom Caucus. They call themselves the Freedom Caucus. The like former Tea Party people, I think, is the same group. They call themselves the far the far right representatives, and and I say it like that the same way. I was just, the far left representatives, like they all serve the same function. It's just some of them do their campaigning off of like an image, and uh, I think most of this is phony posturing to to keep getting elected. But hey, they're doing the phony posturing. I think there's eight members of the Freedom Caucus who withheld votes and wouldn't cooperate with. Um, Kevin McCarthy becoming speaker originally until he made certain concessions, really just promises. He's like, I'm going to have single issue votes, like budget votes. Like when the, when Congress is going to give a bunch of money to something, they have to vote on just that. They can't just, they can't like hide it in some other bill, which as a left, as a left progressive, I would love, I would love if uh, our representatives could no longer hide behind like, well, I had to vote for more money for organ for orphan strangling because it was in the bill to do this other thing that might be good. Like, I'm sick of that nonsense. Uh, pork barrel things, I think they're referred to, like or poison, poison pills when they put a thing in because they want to get it to not pass. It's all fucking Dungeons and Dragons bullshit rules, which I hate. Like, they can do, when people are like, Pepper, they can't just do whatever they want. And I say, yes, they can, because there are all these mechanisms for them to just do whatever they want. Them being Congress. Uh, you could include the Senate in that if you like. House of Representatives... These eight, uh, they'll call them like rogue representatives, told their constituents that this is what they would do when they got to Congress, that they would fight against what they call like corrupt Republican leadership, and they have been doing so. They wanted these concessions. They they got him, uh, McCarthy, to make a bunch of promises, and he wasn't keeping them, I guess. (laughs) So uh, Matt Gates, notable great guy, Matt Gates, I say with sarcasm, Matt Gates is up there. Uh, saying, "Hey, if you weren't if you weren't gonna do the stuff you say you're gonna do, like today, we're having a vote and we're, we're booting you out." And they had a vote, and they did, and they booted him out. And the only reason I care about this, not because I'm like, "Oh, hooray, our brave Republican freedom fighters who are gonna fix America." Remember, force the vote. Remember when we ha- it was like around eight, I think a few more actually, like eight or 16 representatives who were called far- the far left progressives, the squad, your AOCs, Rashida Tlaib, uh, Ilhan Omar, Jeffrey Bo- Bowman, Bowman's one of them, uh, you know, the squad, the people who are going in to help and fight for, uh, fight for our rights and get us Medicare for all and a Green New Deal and all this shit. And then they get down to, for, for since it's Democrats, it would be Nancy Pelosi at the time. The Nancy Pelosi, who was the speaker for forever and ever, they were having the votes to confirm her. And everyone's like, oh shit, they're going to do it. They're going to force the vote was the 
was the uh, like rallying cry, which to force a vote on Medicare for all. The thing everyone talks about when they campaign, we need to get people on the record to say, did you vote yes? Did you vote no on Medicare for all? Because we have all these people saying they like, I support it in theory or I support a version. It's like, well, bitch, we voted on it, okay? Yes or no? The time is now. You have to get yourself on the record. Not because it would immediately make Medicare for all happen and make all of our lives magic fairy tale lands, but you could at least get people on the record. Get people on the record. I hear that just ad nauseum. You still hear that from people. I'm like, we should go do this. It's like, well, you had the chance. And how did they vote? They all voted either to confirm Nancy, or I think there was like one like voted present or like abstain or something. And they were like the Democratic leadership and the Democratic mainstream, the whole mainstream media was like, if they don't vote for Nancy, we could have Kevin McCarthy as our speaker. As if like Nancy losing that vote one, two, three. Kevin McCarthy lost it 14 times. They voted 14 times no, and then the 15th time he got in, I think. Like, it's not that when Kevin McCarthy lost his election, oh, God, Nancy Pelosi is the speaker now. Woo, Hakeem Jeffries, he's in. That's how it works. That's not how it works. Kevin McCarthy isn't even out of the house. That's why this article is talking about him considering resigning before the end of his term. He's just not the speaker. He's still there to vote. You don't, like, get executed or kicked out of Congress. That'd be badass if it was, like, if we vote down Nancy Pelosi now, she is ejected into the sun where she can never insider trade again. That would be amazing. I would I would double support it. But every lie you could think, just nonsense. If they don't vote for Nancy, the Republicans get to run the world for the next 50 years. That's what it says in the Constitution. It says the president has to Lee has to rip off his own dick on camera. That's that's what it says. <laughs> but that's not what it is. That's not what happened. That's not what would have happened. Instead, not one round. It wasn't even like a scary round where they pretended they were going to do some shit. They voted her in immediately, and uh, that was it. That was the end. That was the beginning and the end of the squad fighting for anything, getting any kind of change to happen. Force the vote didn't happen, and they used it as a way to anybody who was like really gung-ho about like, you guys got to do this now. It's now or never. They were like, well, look, slow down here, you right-wing Trump support person. <laughs> like, if you were hardcore about actually trying to get something done, actually trying to get people Medicare for all in this case was the, was the, the main focus, that made you a right-wing asshole. And now who is demonstrating that that strategy apparently would have been highly effective or at least would have caused some kind of something. Wouldn't have magically passed it, but it would have at least got it in the news. It would have got us fucking talking about it. My mom and dad might have like heard about this every once in a while. Like all the Joe Schmoes where you hear about when people actually hear about this legislation and have it explained to them, they support it. Well, you could actually have got it in front of some people to maybe explain it and get them to support it. But instead, no, it was one vote. Nancy's back in. All right. See you in two and a half years. Meanwhile, Kevin McCarthy's getting booted out, <laughs> booted out of his position by eight Republicans who don't like him. That's all it took. Eight. Because <laughs> all the Democrats, of course, jumped on like, oh, here we go. Some bullshit. Let's let's make it. Let's make it happen. So all the Democrats voted to, to kick out McCarthy and uh, the eight or whatever Republicans who are necessary to swing that vote. And now he's out, and it's the first time that's ever happened. We've never removed a Speaker of the House. And like, as a fan of democracy, I think it's weird that they're like, ha-ha, dumbass Republicans can't get their shit together. What a failure of a party. We, the Democrats who love democracy, have no dissent. If anyone disagrees with us, they're just out. Look at what a good party we are. If you have a differing opinion, you don't exist anymore. <laughs> We're just, we have complete unity, and isn't that amazing? Complete unity in continuing to board, build the border wall. Complete unity in knocking people off their Medicaid and Medicare because, oh, sorry, COVID's over now. We don't have to do anything else. Like, complete unity in funding the beginnings of World War III. Complete unity in supporting Israel and its fucking continued apartheid regime and genocide towards the Palestinian people. Complete unity in that. Nobody dissents. No one has a single disagreement. Isn't that better? Anyway. Reading from Politico here. The deposed former speaker has made clear he plans to stay at least through the speakership election that begins next week before ending his house career. Like he's just out. He's like, I want to go be a lobbyist. I want to make 
the big bucks, some revolving door myself into some kind of board or agency or speaking tour. He'll write a book about it. I'm sure it'll be like, the last speaker standing, Kevin McCarthy. <laughs> In a short media gaggle with reporters after publication, McCarthy said he planned to run for re-election. <laughs> okay. Uh, had not considered resigning, and he will stick around. I'm, I'm still here finishing my job. No, uh, quotes here. No, I'm not resigning. I'm staying, so don't worry. We're going to keep the majority. I'm going to help the people I got here, and uh, we're going to expand it further. All right? Said he'd talk to representatives Steve Scalise and Jim Jordan about the race to succeed him. It really sucks that the tactics that progressives could have used and the same tactics that those same progressives very loudly told all of their constituents would not work and they would not even attempt. And if you push them on it, they just slandered you and called you names and made up lies about you. That those same tactics are being proven effective by, I, I don't even like saying people on the opposite end because the, the same shit's going to get passed regardless. There's always bipartisan support for war funding, and that hasn't changed. The Republicans want to get out there and say, we're the anti-war party now. We just want to do war with China. Yeah, so much better. Like, <laughs> How did we end up in a position where I have to support the actions of Matt Gates? How did we get there? How is the person behaving the most honorably like doing the most to try and like I, I can't say to try and because I've no, that guy's intent is just to further his own interest and make sure he can get his nice lobbying spot and his book deal he can get on TV I don't know maybe he thinks he's running for president in a few years who knows like I don't believe in the purity of anybody's motivations but if you look at the results who's throwing wrenches in the continual funding of future World War Three. It's the, the shittiest Republicans are the ones doing that. And for bad reasons, but at least they're getting it done. Like, why can't we have these good, good, honest, left progressives actually accomplish something? They can't, because they won't. Because they're bought and sold by the same fucking people that have bought and sold Matt Gates. He just has a different PR team. They have the, this kind of PR, and AOC has the opposite kind of PR. Like, he ha he opens the market for anti-woke. She opens the market for woke. Like, it's not better or worse. It's, hooray, we can all fight and buy products and fucking continue ourselves in this red team, blue team mentality where at the end of the day, as I ad nauseum repeat myself, these same people fund them. It's like fighting over freaking Steve Austin versus The Rock when it's Vince McMahon is making these decisions, he's the one who gets all the money out of this. Like, no, you see, Superman is much better than the Green Lantern, even though they are both DC properties. <laughs> and supporting one of those over the other somehow fundamentally changes something. Let's look at the good work that the Democrats are doing in Georgia. Organizers of Atlanta Training Center referendum, Cop City, it's Cop City, you've heard of Cop City, the Atlanta Training Center is the... It's Cop City. It's, they're building a little model town <clears throat> as a cop training center instead of fixing up the actual towns in Georgia where people live and work. Well, the organizers are upset over signatures released online. More than 116,000 signatures supporting efforts to put the construction of the of Cop City on hold. Oh, sorry, just to put it on the ballot. It's not even signatures to end it. It's so they can vote on it. They made those signatures public, like names and I think addresses. Like they just published everybody who signed the everybody who signed the petition. And I'm like, I don't. Is that is that legal? Like, am I gonna read this? And they're like, and this is completely normal under <laughs> under policy. <laughs> the Atlanta City Clerk scanned and uploaded the pages of the petition online, but Stop Cop City organizers say officials shared too much. The group is calling the city reckless for the way it, hand, uh, it released the petition to the public and says they're concerned the personal information could get into the wrong hands or leave signees open to harassment. Or the cops could go kill them. Multiple people have, uh, who were protesting Cop City have already died. Like, at the hands of police, they've been murdered by the police. So, like, maybe putting a list of them uh, on the internet would be bad. This move is especially egregious given the sustained intimidation campaign against Stop Cop City advocates waged by the state of Georgia, City of Atlanta, and the Atlanta Police Department, 
the group said in a statement. Remember, Ossoff and Warnock, if we don't get two Democrat senators into Georgia, all kinds of shit could happen. You could have the cops uh, <laughs> releasing signatures of the anti-cop city petition to the public and facing <laughs> repercussions and... Uh, but shortly after they began hauling the boxes of paperwork to the clerk's office, Atlanta officials said they were legally barred from beginning the process of verifying the forms, saying organizers had missed an August 21st deadline. The deadline had previously extended until September by a federal judge, but an appellate court on September 1st paused the enforcement, throwing the effort into legal limbo. Do you see what I mean? Like just do whatever they want, and just none of our shit matters, and we can do as many fucking, oh, we did a petition, and they're like, that's cute. Bullets. Like... <laughs> <laughs> if the system doesn't approve of what you're trying to do, they can just smack it down for one reason or the other anyway. And God knows, I still would have signed that petition if I lived in Atlanta. I would have signed it twice. Well, no, because then that would have invalidated my signatures, but you know what I'm saying. The city's move took activists by surprise and further outraged organizers who have accused officials of trying to illegitimately push through the construction of the project in an urban forest. Environmentalists and anti-police protesters across the country have rallied against the center. It's been years. We've been do they've been doing this for years. And uh, an attorney for the city, however, said officials are merely following the law and awaiting a decision from the 11th. U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals over whether the judge's deadline extension was lawful. So, like, the signatures are there. They have them. They know what the they know what the opinion of the public is. Like, the voice of the people is sitting in boxes right now, and they're deciding whether or not that counts. Like, do we listen to the people? <laughs> Does the First Amendment exist? Includes right to petition. Or not? Have we decided that in this case, fuck them, because we want to build this thing? The documents, which are available on the clerk's website, include the signee's names, addresses, and phone numbers with date of birth redacted. Okay, so they can't fully steal my credit card, maybe. Organizers say the clerk's office ignored instructions by the city council to redact phone numbers, signatures, and addresses, except for the city and state of the signee. This is, at best, an egregious error, and at worst, is part of a continued intentional orchestration of voter intimidation and suppression by this administration. A lot of shuns in that sentence, the group said in a statement. I just want to quickly look up here. Let's see. Atlanta Mayor. Mayor, this is a guy named Andre Dickens. Let's see what party he's for. Is he for the, the good guy party or the bad guy party? Let's find out. Democratic Party. Okay, so uh, is that the good guy or the bad guy party in this case, I wonder? We're going to keep pretending that they're different, right? Let's look up the governor. Oh, okay, he's a Republican. Brian Kemp. I feel like I've heard that name before, but I don't know. Georgia Senators... That's Ossoff and Warnock. We already knew that. They are both Democrats. It's just weird how, like, in cities that are controlled by Democrats with at least two Democratic senators for the state in, the, like, that it just doesn't matter. Like, where's their stop cop city thing coming from? Oh, you want to hear what Warnock has to say? Warnock stop cop city. What's he say? He says that they should be more transparent in how they... And how they handle the referendum. Uh, Warnock has never called for Cop City to be stopped. He just gives vague, like, well, you know, funding and you know, we do need training for our police officers. Uh. <laughs> He's noncommittal on the whole thing. It's just, we got to stop pretending that, oh, if we put in the, the blue team and or the red team, something will fundamentally change. Speaking of which... Uh, Bernie Sanders has anti-war activists arrested outside of his office in D.C., uh, one of which was holding a sign that is just a quote from Bernie Sanders. So this is a, these are Code Pink. Code Pink is an anti-war group. That's what they're about. They, they see a war and they go, no, we, <laughs> we don't like it. <laughs> and they do protests. Uh, I think it's Medea Benjamin. She's a lady. She's always in a bright pink shirt because it's part of how Code Pink works. And she just will just walk out onto a stage where people are talking. She'll be like, thank you. So we are we are here today protesting the funding of... And just starts like listing information. I 
it's, it's pretty it's kind of it's pretty admirable i like when she, she'll get up in front of anthony blinken talking somewhere and then just rail for a bit before security drags her off of course i don't really understand how she keeps getting in with the bright pink shirt unless she like has a jacket and then like but you think that security would be like oh okay well that's that's Medea. like she <laughs> she's kind of famous for this at this point wow Maybe it's because she's like a, a thin-looking old white lady, so they don't <laughs> rough her up in the same way. So here's the Bernie quote that uh, got a, a, a Bernie supporter arrested outside. Because all these people are like, look, we all fucking voted for you. <laughs> Do we not get to... Democracy! My friends, we must never forget that the horrors of war... Okay, let me not do the voice. My friends, we must never forget the horrors that a war in the region would cause and must work hard to achieve a realistic and mutually agreeable resolution, one that is acceptable to Ukraine, Russia, the United States, and our European allies, and that prevents what could be the worst European war in over 75 years. That's Bernie talking in 2022 and uh february 2022 and a year later he's tweeting about how we must uh like unflappable send ukraine as much money as as uh we decide they need and um, i hate even saying send money to ukraine send raytheon lockheed martin and the military industrial complex as much money as they think they deserve this quarter and uh it's just a real a real a real bummer Part of the reason I supported Bernie Sanders back in the day was the promise of stopping these for the forever wars, the, stopping these economic wars, which are just ways to pump money directly into America's largest industry, weapons manufacturing, because we do actually make a lot of that stuff here with help from your Norway's help from Scandinavia, where they make a lot of the parts. But you know what I mean? We don't make illegal ammunitions here. We make them, uh, our friends make them and then uh, sell them to us at the end so it doesn't count. Highly disappointing. Big sad. And here's the last thing I'm talking about today. Because my, whoo. Two days ago, yesterday, shit is popping off in Israel right now, in Palestine. The Palestinians appear over it and are now, the as the meme goes, the fucking around has gone on for, God, almost 100 years at this point, And the finding out is happening at a greater pace than ever thought imaginable before. Like I, I'm gonna be real, real sparse on details for this because you're gonna see numbers thrown. Like, like we've learned from all of the mass shooting situations in America, don't take any of these specific numbers too seriously yet. Take everything with a grain of salt. Every time there's a shooting, they talk about oh, there's two or three or four shooters, and it always turns out to just be one guy. Not always, but usually. Talk about oh, there was this many people shot, and then that number changes all over the place. People can run with false narratives. Uh, and other 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 numbers you hear from the beginning turn out to be completely true, but I, we don't know yet. So I'm not throwing around too many numbers. And any numbers you hear in a, in this Jesus article is very very short. Should be taken with the largest grain of salt. But a couple of nights ago, geez, I think uh yeah, like really early Saturday, October seventh. I'm recording this on on Sunday the eighth. Palestine forces within Palestine within Gaza launched a military offensive. They shot a shit ton of rockets. At, if you haven't heard, uh, Israel has the, quote, Iron Dome defense system, which is rockets that hit other, that are supposed to shoot other rockets out of the air. So if, if you know, Palestine somehow got like a U.S.-style sophisticated drone somehow and launched it at like Tel Aviv, they would shoot it out of the air. Where what really what Palestine usually has are like kind of crudely made rockets, like World War II style mortars. They don't have like guidance system. They don't have the same weapons. Like Israel has the highest tech weaponry in the universe, mostly provided by the United States. They do a little bit of their own stuff. <laughs> do you know that America subsidizes uh, Israel's healthcare system? Like universal healthcare exists in Israel. Because it is paid for by the United States, meanwhile, which I'm fine, great, 
not even saying stop doing that, but like, why can't we in America also have this universal health care? Just like divert some of that bomb money into a doctor and they'll they'll do some work on you. So Palestine, some forces within Palestine, because that's the other thing. There, there's Hamas, there's the like the Palestinian Authority, there's tons of various just loose citizen resistance groups. They launched a whole bunch of their a whole bunch of little rockets all at once, and then under like the cover of that. Uh, a bunch of dudes on paragliders, like a parachute, and then they sit on like a device that has a, f- a fan <laughs> that blows and they can steer like a little bit, get blown around. Paragliders, I think that's the right term. Uh, f- like a, a, f- a few dozen of them started going in over the fence. And then next thing we know, as of, as of what I understand, the Palestinian forces have taken several Palestinian settlements Back, well, they're Israeli settlements. They're just Palestinian towns. And that's part of this whole conversation. What is being done to the Palestinians is colonialism. Like, they are being colonized. The things, the events that lead up to these spikes in violence, the, the part that the fucking media never tells you about, is the Israeli military will march into, a, like, a block, like, a neighborhood with guns, and at gunpoint, remove all of the residents. Like, come out of your house, you're leaving. And then at gunpoint, they march them out of their own neighborhood, and then they march in Israelis. And a, a whole twist of the knife of this is a lot of these Israeli citizens uh, lived in the U.S. like within two years. Like, they're just importing people from New York. Like, the joke is like, oh, they're being sent back to their their native land of Brooklyn. <laughs> And that's not true of everyone who lives in Israel, but gosh darn, it sure seems to be true of quite a few. The strategy is to create a Jewish ethno state, and you can't have an ethno state where everyone's Jewish if you have a large, like Muslim minority and Christian minority. That's another part of this. Like both the Muslim and the, the Palestinian Muslims, Jews and Christians. All are getting shat on by the Israeli far-right-wing government, the Netanyahu regime. Netanyahu, a guy who denies the Holocaust. Like, oh, you can't criticize Israel or you are anti-Semitic. It's like, listen to their fucking president. He's the most anti-Semitic man I have ever heard speak. And I was listening to a a Ukrainian-Canadian a, a bit ago who got a standing ovation. At the, I think that guy's opinions of Jews are better than... Benny Netanyahu's. So after they uh, colonize a neighborhood where they force out the native residents and bring in colonizers, (laughs) other it's it's a very appropriate term in this case. Then there will be an upswell of violence because then those people are just out on the street. They go to their neighbors, uncles, aunts, whoever the hell, brothers, sisters, they got to stay with. Like, uh, I just got kicked out of my house by the Israeli Defense Force. What the fuck? And then. People get together and then there's a riot. And st- so after years, decades of this, uh, there's been a counteroffensive, like a coordinated, the biggest one we've seen yet, counteroffensive coming out of Palestine. And I don't know, like, I'm not, I'm never happy when people are dying. But if you look at the history between the ruling class of Israel because it's not regular Israelis doing this. Like the ruling class of Israel and the administration, the decisions that they've made, it's it's been a constant war waged, a one-sided war waged against the Palestinians. And if after 50 years of like, well, and then my kid died and then my other kid was killed by, and then my uncle was killed by, and then my house was knocked down. And then my, like in the same day where they're talking about, Oh, they've taken civilian hostages in there too. In the background of that news of these news reports, you see full ass high rises in the Gaza Strip just going down. It's like, oh, are you are you very confident that every single resident of that high rise apartment building was a, a hardcore terrorist? Because that's what they say. Whenever someone dies, it's like what we did, what the U.S. did in Iraq. If they were shot, if they were killed in combat by the U.S., they were a terrorist. I don't care if they were a Grown man, woman, child, llama, they're a terrorist now because they were they were hit. So therefore they were a target. Like you just assign them as targets afterwards. Very convenient. Like 
if you just go by the UN's numbers in death tolls over the year, it's not even close. Like, yes, the Palestinian forces do kill Israelis. It's usually Israeli soldiers. And then you look at the numbers and go, oh, yeah, last year, 100 Israelis were killed by Palestinians. And how many Palestinians were killed? Oh, 1,600. Like, it's not even close. And half the time, this is them just gunning down fuckers at checkpoints. Like, I mean, I've heard the story way too many times, and it's not just, like, heard a story. Here's these, like, confirmed, like, journalistically freaking double-checked, where it's just blah, blah, blah was in line at a checkpoint to legally go to their university, which happened to be on the Israeli side. They handed them their passport, and then the soldiers fucking shot him. Like, that's not even a weird story. That's, like, a relatively common occurrence, and... It's so over the top that you're like, oh, you must be lying. Like, you must be hearing this. For, like, this has got to be an exaggeration. And I, I don't know. I used to think that way. I used to be, oh, these poor Israelis. Like, the, the, like they went right from World War II, and now they're getting shat on again by this tiny, tiny bit of land, Gaza Strip, where they, <laughs> the more you look into it, the more ridiculous the situation seems. All right, let me read from this. Tel Aviv. Israeli soldiers continued battling Hamas militants. They're, they're going to call it, like Hamas is, <clears throat> depending on who you talk to, either a terrorist organization or a like resistance group within Palestine. They're not horribly popular. Like even the civilians will be like, eh, you know Hamas, but they're just the only people who do things. <laughs> if you're in a group and you just keep getting fucked up and then this big guy shows up and then like hits them back once, like Hamas, they're going to gain support. They would not have nearly as much public support if they weren't being put into a situation where they're the only retaliation. Like, if your town was just getting completely wrecked and frickin' ISIS or whatever was like, and we're gonna help you, and then they did, you'd be like, well, shit. ISIS was the only one who would help. <laughs> Very bad example and definitely not a one-to-one uh, <laughs> descriptor. But you get my point here. If, if we don't want Hamas to have power, stop containing Palestine in an open air prison and like criminalizing all of their activities and like intentionally trying to ethnically cleanse them. And then maybe Hamas will lose a lot of support because there'll be no reason for Hamas. Everyone can just like live their lives as humans with dignity and sovereignty. Israeli soldiers continued battling Hamas militants in the streets of Southern Israel Sunday. While in the North of the country, they exchanged fire with Hezbollah militants launching rockets from Lebanon. Some Israeli communities along the Lebanon border were urged to evacuate. Israeli officials confirmed to CBS News on Sunday that at least 600 Israeli civilians and members of the military had died since Hamas launched an unprecedented attack on Israel from Gaza early Saturday morning. Another 1,800 were wounded. Again, these numbers, be careful about believing it. I don't know if that's going to go up or down after this. The Israeli rescue service, Zaka, said its paramedics removed about 260 bodies from a music festival attended by thousands that came under attack by Hamas militants. That's like a one I'm hearing a lot and I would love to have more information. Like, did Hamas just dead ass say, fuck you, music festival, and attack a music festival? The total figure is expected to be higher as other paramedic teams were working in the area. It was the deadliest day in, in decades. The Gaza Ministry of Health... Uh, said Sunday that 370 Palestinians have died and 2,200 were wounded. And then uh, every single U.S. politician has, it, it's like you're, one thing, again, you're not a lot, you gotta be bipartisan on support for Israel. There is no dissent accepted in, hey, maybe we should send money to Israel that isn't weapons, or like, hey, maybe we could provide aid in a way that isn't bombs and missiles, because Oh, now you're talking about people's bread and butter. You're talking about the military-industrial complex. Raytheon and Lockheed and all the rest of them need their money, and it's from us. It's my money, really. It's your money. Like it's tax money. When we talk about our giant military budget, this is what it's going to. It does it, the money doesn't go to Israel? You don't like give it to an Israel. Well, actually, in, in case of our paying for their health care, it kind of does. But it's not like you walk up to a little boy on the street. Here, here is some American funding. It goes to fucking bombs. Like it goes to bombs to throw at Palestinian children who are throwing rocks. Like, 
Early Saturday morning, as Hamas militants in the Gaza Strip launched thousands of missiles from the small blockaded Palestinian territory, dozens more broke through the heavily fortified border fence and crossed into Israeli communities on motorcycles, paragliders, and pickup trucks, initiating an offensive that appeared to take Israel completely by surprise. We never expected that the people in the prison would riot against their jailers. Hamas sent fighters storming into an estimated 22 separate locations in southern Israel, shooting people in the streets and abducting both civilians and Israel's security forces and taking them back to Gaza. Hamas is the... They kidnapped one of the, one of the Israeli generals who's in charge of, like, the, quote, death squad, who, like, were the baddest asses and we're going to kill all the Palestinian orphans. And then they got their leader, and that's really funny. Sorry, I wish I could feel bad. Uh, Gaza is one of the most densely populated places in the world and has been under Israeli blockade since 2007. Israeli authorities said they were still fighting Hamas militants in six locations inside Israel Sunday morning. So a lot of these towns and neighborhoods that have been colonized by Israel have been decolonized. They went into them and said, all right, now you have to leave. <laughs> like, hey, Israelis who were brought in here like under military protection a few months or years ago, you're leaving again. And, uh, I don't know, man, like, I don't want civilians to be involved in this. Like, the fact that people got moved in to these neighborhoods that were not theirs in the first place, heinous. And now the fact that they now have to get moved back, at, like, now that becomes, like, a double tragedy. We have two different families getting kicked out of the same house. But I'll tell you what, I feel a lot worse for the original occupants. Like, how would you feel if they marched into your house and said, sorry, Canada needs these houses, so you're going to be moved out, and Canadians are going to get moved into your house. Like, we're not building a new one. You're, they're just going to live in your house now. That It's not your house now. It's their house. Like, could you imagine how much rage you would be filled with? Now add on top of that, they've killed, like, everyone you know, including yourself, has had a relative that was killed directly by the same military. Like, I'm not even talking about the Americans that... That the Israeli Defense Force has killed. There was that American Palestinian journalist who just got snipered in the fucking face. Remember that shit? No investigations, no indictments, no one's going to jail over that. And the support, the American support for Israel is unwavering. They will kill Americans and they don't care. Can you fucking imagine if a Russian sniper shot <laughs> a Ukrainian American journalist like in. <laughs> The, the nukes would be dropping before you heard about it. But uh, it's fine. It's our good friend Israel. That bitch shouldn't known what she was doing. She was reporting a bad part of the story that we don't want him to tell. The part where we kill Palestinian civilians daily with no recourse of any kind. And now that they're finally standing up and doing something about it, we're going to go, oh, oh my God, the violence. We need to stop. The, won't someone think of the Israeli? Like. If this was slavery days, if this was U.S. slavery days, and there was a slave revolt, and you're right now thinking, oh, the poor Israeli soldiers, you would be thinking, oh, the poor slave owners. I support the rights of the slaves, but they don't need to be violent about it. Like, this is an easy one, people. This is really easy. Free Palestine. Period. Period.